The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you comfortable discussing money and your personal wealth? If not, where would you start? Is it money and your family, money and charitable contributions, or business and personal wealth? This is Conversations with Money, featuring your hosts, Franco Caligiuri and Marissa Sipolinski. Our show is about real people talking about money. You will develop a better understanding about your conversations with money and also hopefully develop some new habits to make conversations about money easier. Now, here is Franco and Marissa. Welcome. You're listening to Conversations with Money. I'm your host, Franco Caligiuri. And I'm your host, Marissa Sapolinski. Wow, that was very exciting, Marissa. Wow. It, all right. <laughs> Normally, you're more chipper than that. I was just trying to let you speak. Oh, well, thank you very much. Hopefully, hopefully you had a great week and uh, you enjoyed our guest last week uh, with Jay Demerits uh, and Ashley McIver. Is that how you say your yeah. last name? Yeah, McIver. <laughs> uh, it's good to see that, Tim Mercer, you're here and uh, present. That's fantastic. Uh, so today what we want to talk about is do you have ownership in your money? Do you actually uh, pay yourself first? Are you the person that, uh, that you consider first? first when you receive your paycheck. Yeah, I think it's funny when we started talking about this, I think a lot of us, we get paid and uh, we pay our bills, we pay our cell phone, we pay our rent or our mortgage, but not a lot of us are very clear on how much do we pay ourselves. And I think that's why people go out and spend lots of money on whatever it is that they're interested in. And then there's, there's a lot of guilt and did I spend the right amount? How much should I be spending? I think we don't have a clear understanding of how much to allocate for ourselves. Well, it, we don't know how to allocate ourselves. And where does that come from? Well, I mean, we're not really taught that. You know, mm-hmm. you hear the rules or the principles of Warren Buffett, pay yourself 10%. But, um, I mean, I, I don't know many people. I, I ran with two girls this morning and I asked them, how do you know how to pay yourself? And they said, they're just winging it. I think a lot of us go on and winging it. What's left at the end of the month? What do I need? Um, neither of them were shoppers, but they said when they want something, they just buy it and they make it work. So I think a lot of us aren't taught how do we know how much to put aside for ourselves, um, how much is okay to spend on ourselves. And that's what usually seems to be what drives a lot of the guilt and the crappy feeling when we spend money on ourselves. Which, which you see people do all the time when they're showing you their budget and they show you what they spent on themselves and, um, you know, they say, the, oh, my God, I can't believe I spent this or they've got that face, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. Do you pay yourself? Um, that's an interesting. <laughs> it's a good pause. Um, I do. I, I have started to leave a certain amount aside but for a long time, I was part of the winging it. I was part of the let's see what's left at the end of the month and make sure that everything's paid and everything's taken care of. 
but now I've been implementing certain, you know, certain pieces in terms of making sure that I do that. Yeah. How about yourself? Do you do the 10% or is it more or is it less? No, I do 10. I make 10? sure that it's 10. I make sure that it's 10 and I just have it aside. How about you? It depends. Um, it could be anywhere from 10 to, to 40% depends on the particular month. At one point, actually, I was doing almost 50%. Mm-hmm. But that was because I became quite obsessive with uh, putting money aside and accumulating wealth. But I could see it consistently. It could be anywhere from 20 to 30% on a monthly basis. And I know that's not the, the norm, but for myself, it's become a habit. It's become a focus where, because I, I run the numbers, I, I've shared this on the sh- show before that, my wife and I, we actually um, complete budgets. Actually, even just, just this morning, I was inputting numbers. And I try to be very proactive on where we're at, where we're sitting at, and so that we, we know how much that uh, we can put aside. So for us, that's, that's the normal thing for us. And most people, if you actually do, if you were to take a look at wealthy individuals, what they have done in the past is that they've always have had the mentality of, of uh, the road to, to their wealth is putting aside uh, a part of what they earn. And it doesn't matter what it is that they actually earn. Mm-hmm. It, could be, it could be a very small amount, and I know it's relative, or it could be a very large amount, but they always set aside a certain percentage and never deviate from that. And so our title of the show today is, is Pay Yourself First, and and or who do you pay? Who do you pay first? Because a lot of us, we actually, we go and we receive a paycheck. Because if we were to ask people on the road or stop them on the street, who do you pay yourself first? They say, well, I, I, I get paid first. But if you were to question me even further, you go, okay, well, what comes off automatically on your credit card or your bank account? They probably say cell phone bill. Uh, if people, Netflix has become a very popular one in the last couple of years, uh, if people still have a cable bill or satellite. Internet. Internet. Cell phone. Yeah, I said cell phone. Housing. Yeah, so rent, mortgage. What else? So what do they do? You get it all the time. What do we do at the end of the month when all of that eats it up? Well, I, I, I challenge the mentality that a lot of people have and that is uh, I deserve or it's a necessity to have uh, Netflix or to have a cell phone or to have to be living someplace that's maybe more expensive than they could afford or even having a house that's more expensive than they could afford. Mm-hmm. If they don't have money at the end of the month. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's kind of foolish to actually have expenses that you can't be paying money for. Yeah, but I mean, I think I think having that conversation with somebody, and you know, I see it all the time. I was we were talking about it this morning. It's a delicate line between you know we know people are struggling, or we know people say they have no money and they're doing everything they can to make it work, but then you see them eating out or with the green juices or going to yoga or whatever it might be that you're like, okay, I know that the yoga memberships are 150 bucks, and if you really want to cut money then you, for like $10, can subscribe to an online thing and do your classes at home and just get yourself into a better financial position, take ownership of your finances, and then move forward. 
but I don't think, I, I think it's a commitment thing. You know, how committed are you to evolving this? Every time I see someone doing that, and even in the times of my lives where I've done that, I wasn't fully committed to getting through it. So I think it's hard to make those sacrifices when you're not fully committed, like anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you go from, from where my, myself uh, having almost $20,000 credit card debt to then eventually getting to a point where I'm putting almost 50% away it takes a commitment, took a commitment to pay off that credit card within nine months. And it took commitment to change the way that I put money aside in the way that I view things. Because for me, before, I wouldn't, wouldn't even think or, or, or um, wouldn't even pause to buy clothing, going to go into a, a merchant and, and to buy something or to spend something, money on something. Mm-hmm. It takes definitely a commitment, and a lot of times where if we actually take a look at consumerism today, we are, we are told to or suggested to put our bills onto automatic debits or, or in credit card. When you, and statistics show that any time that you put something on automatic um, uh, credit or automatic uh, deductions, it's tough for us to actually get it taken off. Or if we're actually every single month having to pay for that bill, uh, like every single year. What do you mean it's tough for us to get it off? You mean pay it? No, to remove it. Oh, it's tougher for us to stop the payments if they're automatic withdrawals or what have you. Yeah. Can you think of any, any time in your life where you had something automatically being withdrawn? Yeah, totally. And then I remember take it signing off? up for like Boingo or whatever it's called, that internet service. Boingo. Yeah, it's an internet service at the airport. It was like 99 cents or something for a day of unlimited internet. But then you sign up for, I think it was a couple bucks or something a month. I did it with Boingo and I did it with another one for, uh, it was a jib jab card. <laughs> and it was a, it just makes funny cards. And I think it was two ninety nine. Uh, but then you sign on to getting it monthly. But it was just, it was worth the two ninety nine in the one situation. So, uh I said yes, and then I remember looking back at my statement later being like, oh, I never called to cancel it. So, yeah, 100%. Had I been paying, um, you know, cash for it, of course that wouldn't have happened, but they've made services like that not available to you any other way. So, yeah. I- well, I think it's, a, you know, with any any business, it's, it's a lot easier. And I think we're kind of getting away from our original uh, conversation on paying yourself first. Uh, but I think it's, it's an important point to to really look at where a lot of people if they are struggling and and if they're trying to get control over their expenses because I've heard it many times that I make too little or I don't make enough to actually make it work but it doesn't matter how much that you make it's actually what you put a priority on and what you will do to actually get yourself on the road to to building up um, a nest egg or building money on on the side until we get to that point of questioning uh, who we actually give money to, you know, and, and we live in Vancouver here. This is our hometown, but in Vancouver, can you actually go by a day without spending money or even a month without spending any money at a all? A month. A month, no. A day, yes. I mean, I've gone, I, when I tried to do the cash or credit thing and I tried to go just cash, I, I was able to go a few days mm-hmm. uh, without spending any money. And I was trying to, you know, be very conscious of my, my spending purchases, so I, I went only cash. Um, and you, we usually see people, when you ask them to do just cash, make less frivolous and less impulse purchases, right? But, I mean, how do you go a month? That's What about food? 
Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, there's there's definitely things that you need to buy or pay and spend money on. However, there are many things that we actually do spend money on that aren't necessary. Right. And But during that month or that daily spending, do we stop and go, okay, well, have I paid myself first? Yeah, I mean, I think... I think that would probably give people a lot more, you know, even the two women that I spoke to this morning, it was, if they had a clear number and they knew exactly how much they paid themselves first right off the bat, then I think they would have clear numbers as to how they're going into their month. In okay, so why aren't of, they doing that? Because people just haven't implemented a system. Most people are still just winging it. I have X amount of dollars, I have X amount left over, and that means I can spend X amount. And they're not on automatic, you know, savings plans or what have you. It just, it's just a month to month. A lot of it, I think, is an entrepreneurial thing, too. Not knowing, you know, the ups and downs. And then you have a good month. And then you want to leave a certain amount aside because you're afraid that you might not have a good month. What do you month. mean by entrepreneurial? Well, not consistent income. Not consistent income. So not knowing. But doesn't, okay. I don't know, I think that's a weak argument. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I think that... I know that's where I was coming from for a while when I wasn't making, uh, when I wasn't paying myself. It was not knowing when, you know, how consistent the income is going to be. It's, it's a, that's a tough one. But don't you plan it out? You, you don't always know. I think a lot of the that people. That means you don't spend money then? Mm, you don't spend money when money's not coming in? Well, that's hard when you have fixed expenses. And where are those fixed expenses? Well, those fixed expenses are the things we talked about. You know, housing and all that stuff. Should you not have a contingency plan? Of course you should have a contingency plan, but we don't always have them. Okay, but that's where I'm going. That's what I want to question. Before entering and becoming an entrepreneur, Mm -hmm. should you not actually build up a contingency plan instead of just, I'm just going to become an entrepreneur and not plan for decreases or no no money, no income? about that all the time before they go on to being an entrepreneur to make sure they've set up a line of credit, making sure they've set up a contingency plan. Yeah, I think that's an important piece. I just don't think a lot of people have implemented it. I don't think so. So I think what happens is people hit a dip and then all of a sudden, um, you know, they stop paying themselves and everything's getting eaten up by expenses. Right. So there's lack of planning. It's a slippery slope. It's lack of planning for sure. So lack of critical thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Funny. I wouldn't call it critical thinking. I think it's lack of planning. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think it's more creative. Isn't planning critical thinking? Yeah, I, mm, hmm, I don't know. It feels different to me. feels different to me. Mm-hmm. Planning feels more like objectively looking at the facts and data and making... Isn't objectively looking at things critical thinking? Yeah. I, yeah, I just wouldn't have called it that for some reason. But I guess, I guess just looking at it objectively and being able to build a plan versus being, you know, I think entrepreneurs, there's a tendency to be more in the creative space and the creative head with all these big pictures and these big dreams. And it's not as easy to sit down and look at numbers and mm-hmm. crunch the numbers. So unless you have somebody that you've committed to working with, like a financial advisor mm-hmm. or somebody more analytical or data-based, uh, it's very easy to get caught up and not do that. So... I can see how it happens. I can see how it happens all the time. But at the same time, if somebody doesn't want to make a contingency plan and somebody doesn't want to look at setting up a system of knowing X amount of money comes in and I need to put 10% aside right off the bat uh, for myself or 20% aside and they don't commit to that plan or accountability with somebody, you know, that's a tough one. How do you how do you hold them to it? Well, that's that's their choice. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's we can't uh, have everybody <clears throat> following along or, or 
saying, yeah, I'm going to do that. And, and they can trouble uh, that. I mean, that's the choices that they make. And, and, and until they get to that point, uh, I've heard this quote, uh, and the quote is, uh, the thoughts of uh, youth are like bright lights that shine forth, like the meteors that make the right, the, the night sky bright, but the wisdom of age is like the fixed stars that shine. So on change that you can depend on them to guide you if you're ever lost. And I, and, and we've heard the, the old saying of that the, the teacher appears when the student's ready and, and, and tell somebody's ready to actually go, okay, yeah, I want to commit to doing something like this or actually putting money aside, pay myself first. There's nothing you can really do for them. It doesn't matter if they have an advisor, an accountant, it doesn't matter, banker. Until they're ready to actually do something, get into that right, that mentality, that, that mindset. It's uh, it's difficult to, to lead somebody to to actually do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's funny. I'm thinking about somebody that we started working with that really wanted, that was committed and wanted the accountability. And we said, okay, 10% of every dollar that comes in, you know, signed a bunch of forms to have it transferred. And they just say, okay, $1,000 came in, we transfer $100. $2,000 came in, we transfer 200 And it happened on the first income transaction. And they said, okay, take 10%. And then it never happened again. And I followed up at the beginning and then I stopped following up because it's not, I mean, ultimately it's, it's that person's responsibility mm-hmm. and, you know, we can guide, but until they're fully committed and until they say, I want to do this, you know, how much chasing and how much, if, if someone says, I'm going to wait for, for him to come back and say, here's 10%. Yeah. Yeah. It's up to people to actually step up to the, to the plate and, and uh, be ready to hit that ball to, to first base and to eventually get a home run. Mm-hmm. A lot of people think that uh, it will happen overnight, but it is. it takes time. It, it takes that dedication and that first step in, in moving in that direction and to get to a place where it becomes normal. You know, for me, putting aside 40%, it's less of an effort because I built that up over hmm, 12 years, 11, yeah, 11, 12 years. Mm-hmm. But uh, can't expect everybody to do, to do that and to build that up uh, overnight and very, very quickly. We're going to go into a break here and uh, can't believe that uh, 10 minutes uh, have uh, passed or 15 minutes have passed by really quickly. But we're going to go to a break and we'll continue the discuss, discuss, discussion on the other side. comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Think of the world 50 years ago. Now think of this same world and how it'll be 50 years from now. Did you know that if the world's population continues to grow at its current rate, our children and grandchildren will only have 25% of the resources per capita that our parents and grandparents had? We must preserve the foundation of a quality standard of living. That foundation starts with Go Green Radio. Join your host, Jill Buck, for Go Green Radio every Friday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America. 
We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Conversations with Money with Franco Calagiri and Marissa Sipolinski. To reach our show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to info at capitalcorefinancial.com. Now, back to Conversations with Money. Welcome back. Uh, We're talking about paying yourself first. And let's jump right into actually the pitfalls of not paying yourself first. We touched, we touched upon a little bit of, of uh, what some of the pitfalls can be, that you don't have money if tough times come along and you have high expenses and you need to pay for those fixed expenses. But what are some of the other pitfalls? Well, um, I, think, I think it also ends up leading to a lot of... Uh, there's like a, a mindlessness or a lack of clarity, which ends up coming out down the road as well in terms of, you know, I, I touched on when you're doing, when you're looking at someone's budget or they're telling you how they spend their money and and they say something like, oh, I spent money on this or that and they, they oh, I shouldn't have. And there's a lot of language around, oh, I, I went out and I bought dot, 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 whatever it might be for them that makes them feel better. We, we hear about shopping remedies uh, to feel better, shopping therapy. And I think then there's like a guilt People feel guilty about spending money on themselves. So I think one of the effects of not being clear on how much you can allocate towards spending money on yourself is then that guilt of I spent too much money on myself because they just don't know what is enough or what is the right amount. So I think there's I think that's a big component as well. And I think it's just a lack of a lack of clarity, a lack of. Uh, understanding the numbers, which is what we talk about all the time, understanding the numbers, understanding the numbers. So, what do you think? Mm, no, I, I, you know, we've talked about this on the show before many, many times. You know, I think that uh, people, they labor, you know, really hard and they work really hard and they work, work, work. But what do they have to show for, you know, what they, what they work for and, and the hours that they put in? And... The ideal situation, you know, for us being advisors, everybody actually gets to a point where they are putting aside 10%. You know, in, um, <laughs> if you can imagine a society where the government actually forces you to do that. Uh, I know in, in Australia, they actually, uh, it's manda- mandated that uh, part of your paycheck actually has to go into a pension plan. Oh, wow. But... I can I can only imagine in, in some countries where a lot of people would uh, rebel against that. It's almost like making it uh, mandatory to, to vote. Um, but yeah, you know, it's 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 really tough. It's it's if you take a look at you know people want they want to be financially independent, but they're not willing to put in the work that goes into creating that financial independence. Uh, before the break, I you know we were talking about doing the work, the work. And building wealth is paying yourself first. So what does that mean? You know, 10 years from now, if you actually put aside 10% of what you earned each year, what would you have in 10 years? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. you'd have one year's worth of, yeah. of income. 
Yeah. I think it's still hard. I think we live in a very today world. Um, we live in a very, we want it now. And it's hard for, I think a lot of people got caught up in the whole, I, I don't want it to be in my bank account when I'm, when I'm dead. And I don't want to leave anything. And I want to experience it now. I want the shiny thing now. I want the vacation now. I want the adventure now. And so I think a lot of people are operating on a X amounts coming in. That means I have X amount to play with. Uh, after expenses or what have you. And and it's hard to look out. You know, you've been in there where we say to 30-year-olds, 35, 40-year-olds to think 20, 30 years ahead. It adds, you see their faces go, I can't think that far ahead. Very seldomly can somebody connect with their future self when they're in their 30s or their 40s or before they've had children. I think I, generally when people have start having children and start going into that next stage, it's easier for them to start thinking about bigger picture and security and longer term and planning because now they're thinking about education for the children. Um, they're thinking about other pieces in there. But I think, I think it's, it's easy to get caught up in the today and spending money and wanting the newest phone, the newest whatever it might be, and not putting that money aside for ourselves. So... Well, it is very easy to spend money on, on the good things of life. It's very, as just what you're saying, I may not be around tomorrow, so why have money in my account? In, in the accounts. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, one book that uh, I found really helpful, and I read it probably two dozen times, uh, is a book called uh, The Richest Man in Babylon. And later on, I'll I'll, uh, I'll share how you can get that the, the book for free uh, online. But in there... There's one chapter where the the author actually talks about wealth being like a tree, and what he talks about is you know wealth um, a, a tree grows from a tiny little seed like anything in nature, and you putting money aside. So the first ten percent that you put aside, or first dollar you put aside, is that seed uh, from which your your tree of wealth grows. Mm-hmm. And so the sooner that you plant that uh, seed the sooner that the, the tree grows. And the more faithfully that you nourish it, the more water that you put into that tree, and the, the direct correlation is that the more money that you put aside, the more that you nourish that by taking care of it, uh, by being consistent with putting money aside, the sooner that you can have that, um, that tree uh, for shade. Mm-hmm. And so... So the analogy could be that shade can be your, your health changes uh, or your, your income dries up for a period of time. So that, that shade will provide you with the, the resources to be able to take care of yourself. And so if, if that mentality, and I go back to that, that, that quote that I read about you know, youth, uh, <laughs> Uh, thoughts of a youth being like bright lights, um, almost like a meteor. You know, it's great, it's beautiful, it's brilliant when you mm-hmm. see the meteor across the sky, night sky. But then after, what, a minute mm-hmm. or less, it's gone. Mm-hmm. But that star that's been around for billions of years, you can count on and that could guide you. I mean, sailors from hundreds of uh, years ago or thousands of years ago depended on the stars. And they depended on those stars that were consistent there. Right. They couldn't, they couldn't guide themselves with meteors, right. you know, because it could take them off course. So are we just a bunch of crazy kids walking around depending on the meteors? Is that? <laughs> I think every generation will, will say the youth uh, don't follow rules. It's just that I think the, 
the the prevalence of consumerism today uh, distracts us from, and it doesn't. I wouldn't say it's just the youth. I would even say baby boomers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. We see it all the time. <laughs> right? This isn't just no. the people in their thirties or twenties or you know the young the youth. Right. So it, it it's. And I hope people don't feel that we're we're picking on people uh, that they're 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 not doing the right thing. It's just that I think we've been distracted. I think we've been distracted, but I also think it's time we take responsibility. And like, I mean, I'm not really afraid to offend anybody with that in terms of saying like, you know, the picking on people with it. It's it's a matter of. If people want to get themselves out of this, if they really want to take control of their finances, you know, you see people come in and say, I'm ready. I want to take control of my finances. Then do, then like, it's really, it's very much a mindset. It's very much recognizing your responsibility and your participation in creating what you've created. And I think until you look at that, until you look at how you've created the exact situation you're in and how you look at you're the only person, essentially, that can create, you know, no financial advisor, no person, no accountability buddy, no whatever it might be, is going to get you to the place that you want to be financially, whether that's saving a million dollars or buying five investment properties, whatever it might be, you're ultimately responsible. And I think a lot of us walk around, I mean, the mentality that I heard those women speaking about this morning, when I take that five steps forward from the, there's just this kind of mindlessness, and I get it, I hear it all the time, and I've done it, which is why I can relate with them, but when I hear that type of mentality, which I know so many people are walking around with, with just like a winging it, you know, in terms of financially, I'll just spend what I have left at the month, and I'll put aside when I can put aside, Uh, you know, you take that five steps forward in the thought process, and it's very much like, it feels out of control. It feels like I, you know, my money is happening to me or, or my money is creating my situation or my, my, not I am the one that's creating the money and then I should take care of that money. You know, which I think is why a lot of us, when we spend on cash, spend less than on credit because we connect with the value of the dollar stronger. So there's a clear understanding of how hard we've worked. You know, we're all wa- running around working our butts off. And, and I think when we really connect with how hard we work and how much we work to earn that money, then we don't go out and make as many frivolous spending purchases. But the problem with this whole, you know, consumerism that we're talking about and the way that in which we're all operating or many of us are operating is that we're not connecting with that and we're not connecting with our responsibility in creating our financial situation. And so there's this, it's happening to me mentality and, 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 I think as soon as, as soon as, even if you, if you go back to that individual I was talking about that, put the 10% aside, you know, if you ask that person how they felt when they put that 10% aside the way they committed to themselves versus other times when money came in, they didn't do it even though they had committed to themselves, it doesn't feel good when you don't do the thing you say you're going to do. Opposed to, I know when he put the 10% aside, it felt like, okay, like I'm taking control of my finances and I'm doing this. So, uh, yeah, it goes back to, it's not even a matter of making more money. It's just a matter of owning it and, and taking responsibility for it and taking responsibility for how hard you worked for it and doing, uh, doing something with it. Mm-hmm. We, we, we become conditioned that as we become more successful or have more money, that we deserve the better things of life has to offer, that the world has to offer, the merchants have to offer that they're selling in the stores or online. 
And I think that it, 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 my personal thought is the younger that we are to learn the principles of handling money, we said this from day one on our show, Money's Just a Tool, the younger that we are, I think the better that we are. And, and actually what's funny is that we actually end up having all those things that we want but still have money in the bank or in investments or in real estate but not be in a position where we, we won't be able to take care of our, our needs if the time arises. Mm-hmm. But we want everything today. A lot of graduates start working. And even commercials have, have, have shown this or they've advertised it this way. First paycheck. I remember this one commercial. This guy got his paycheck and they had him. He was daydreaming. He had, he, they had him going through expensive dinner, expensive <laughs> suits, flying in a private jet. Yeah. Right? And, and really, I think it was like a car commercial or something like that. You yeah. deserve it, basically. Yeah. It's like, oh, now put yourself into a financial obligation. But who hasn't had those dreams? I, oh, mean, I, I have. Yeah, totally. Have. And, and I mean, but it, it can change. Yeah. But if you look at like movies and entertainment and the way things are set up, it makes you access that part of your I want it brain, whatever that might be. I, I'm making this. Well, so about. different than, than smoking, how cool that was. Yeah. You know, oh I've God, used it. I think it was a couple of weeks ago. I said that, you know, credit's like, it's an addiction. Yeah. 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 I mean, you, you for well, sure. Well, the bar service or the red, the, the uh, you know, the table service. The bottle service. The bottle yeah, service, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. You know, I've heard so many people talk about that and it's like, that. that's the thing, right? You know, you spend a thousand or two thousand or five thousand yeah. dollars in an evening. Like that's, oh yeah, you made it, right? You yeah. made it. <laughs> what? Yeah. I could find better ways of actually spending that kind of money. Hey, if somebody is around me and that and they want to spend money like that, and I'm part of it, hey, I will help them spend the money. <laughs> and I've actually been there. And it's actually a lot of fun. Yeah. I always feel bad. <laughs> I had somebody I had somebody recently, I was at a birthday a birthday event and and she bought like the bottle service for the whole table. And she doesn't even drink. Um but it was her birthday and that was her You thing. didn't call me? She I know, no kidding, eh? It was it was a bunch of women actually. And uh and I looked at and the bill. I know, right? I knew you'd say that again. Uh, the bill, was, I remember seeing it was between $1,000 and $2,000. She probably probably dropped that night the total on her birthday. I don't know, maybe three dollars to $4,000. And she didn't drink. How old is she? Uh, early 30s. Early 30s. Man, let's see. See, and that's, that's the thing is that that's become, that's become the thing to do now. But, but at the mm-hmm. same time, she works hard. And well, where are you going with that? Because now you're starting to sound, sound like no, what we're talking well, no, about. I am she works hard. I'm, I'm doing the devil's advocate here for what I think to be a lot of the, the justification, which we've all done. I've worked hard. I earned it. I deserved it. So that goes back to the original question. How much did you earn to put aside for that? Sure. Hey, you know what? If she said that I've already paid myself first and this is just the excess, good for her. Mm-hmm. Good for her. Spend that money. Help the economy go around. Yeah. Okay? But did she do that? Because you know what happens afterwards? You and I have seen this. They feel guilty. They feel bad. The bill comes. We've seen after Christmas time, January, these credit card companies. Mm-hmm. That, have you seen the one where the guy's on the person's back? Yeah. yeah. You've got debt on your back. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> right? Like what, it's become such a thing that, yeah, yeah, spend your money and all of a sudden now you got to pay, you got to face up. Now, it's like going to a casino. They have these commercials of people being so happy. But you ever gone to a casino? 
think I've ever seen anybody happy. They all look depressed, trying to win. Yeah. You know, oh, don't break my concentration. That's that's all I'm saying. It's just how, if they do that first, you pay yourself first and go. Wow, I got like two grand extra. I can blow this. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. You figured it out. Yeah, I, I mean, I think I guess this is a bigger question that we need to sit down and every time we meet with a client of really looking at like, how are you paying yourself? Where do you fall in the structure? And what you're saying too about the value on yourself and your hard work dollars when you don't prioritize yourself, when you don't prioritize yourself as part of the equation in terms of making sure you're saving, making sure you're setting up that contingency plan. You got me thinking, just what you said there, just what you said, if I can use that, the value if by not paying yourself, what value are you placing in your in yourself? Right, you're not placing but not doing any. That. Yeah, you're exactly. You're not placing any. That, that, it's totally devaluing it. It's devaluing all the hard work, and and that I think if people connected with that, everybody would be doing it right away. Everybody would implement, even if it's just the ten percent Warren Buffett general rule of paying yourself ten percent right off the bat. Right. If if we really connected with what that means about our statement on ourself when we don't do that, when we don't pay ourselves first. Uh, yeah, hands down. I think everybody would make that change. But I don't think we, we think it that far out. No. You know? I think a lot of us are just, like I said, operating in today. And so we don't necessarily think about what does it mean about my self-worth when I don't choose to allocate a certain amount as a contingency plan for myself or as a savings plan for myself. Right. So, I mean, how do you encourage people to do it? I guess you, con- you help them connect with. Hold what? on, hold it right there because we won't give that away. Oh, our next. <laughs> After the break, we'll get into that. But the I, secret to life. Secret, we will provide three <laughs> secrets for everybody. Uh, I promised that I was going to give a website for people to go to that uh, they can get the book, uh, a free book, "The Richest Man in Babylon," which I read two dozen times and really helped me to to be on start that path of building wealth. And the book was written by George S. Classen. The Rich Man Babylon, written, I think it's 19, let me take a look here, 19, don't have it in front of me, but I think it was 1927, (laughs) but um, actually 1926, but you can go to bizbuildersusa.org, so biz, B-I-Z, buildersusa.org, and uh, you can download it for free, and we'll see you on the other side. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. 
Now there's a new destination for video content, VoiceAmerica.tv, just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7, VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. Listening to Conversations with Money with Franco Calagiri and Marissa Sipolinski. To reach our show today, please call 1 866 472 5790. Again, that's 1 866 472 5790. You may also send an email to info at capitalcorefinancial.com. Now, back to Conversations with Money. Welcome back. Uh, if you actually went to that site, uh, apparently it is down. And what we'll do is uh, we'll, in our next episode, we'll actually let you know where you can get that free book as we look into it ourselves. And what we'll do is we'll actually have the link on, on Twitter. And Twitter is, our Twitter, hand, Twitter handle is at Your Money Matters. At Your Money Matters, there's no E in the matters, so Your Money Matters, M-A-T-T-R-S. And make sure that you're following us, because uh, Marissa, once in a while, doesn't send tweets. <laughs> and- so I want to get back to what I was about to say, the, the secret to life that I was about to give away, that you, you said wait till the third segment. Um, clearly, it's not really the secret to life, because I don't have it, but... What? Uh, I know, shocker, Nobody right? does that. Nobody knows I that. I know. Um, I do think that there are some general tips, though, that we can give in well, terms we got three. of... We got three. Yeah. I think the big one that I was going to go with, that I was I was leading towards, is... The importance in connecting with your value. So connect with your value and, you know, write it out. I, I know that there's an actual um, emotional component to writing something out, like a physical paper and pen, and not just saying it in your head. Saying it out loud is one thing, but also writing it out. And writing out your, I mean, I don't know if it sounds wrong to say monetize yourself, but really come up with your hourly rate, write out your hourly rate. Absolutely, monetize yourself. Yeah, and... Uh, you know, I, I think it's just a matter of connecting with what your worth is on a financial level so that you have a clear understanding when you're making purchases. So if I say I'm worth, you know, $500 an hour and then I spend $1,000 in one night and I, I can look at it as, okay, that was on bottle service. I can say that was two hours of, that was two hours of work. I can go now and I, I'll work two hours extra hard just to make that back. Um, but I don't think a lot of us are doing that. I don't think we have a very clear understanding of what our hourly rate, unless you really do have a very clear hourly rate, but unless a, a clear hourly rate and clear value on our time. And so we don't reflect on that in the same way. So I would say tip one is to really consider your value and to connect with it. Because, I, yeah, I think when we're not, when we're spending frivolously a lot of the time, we're not connecting with it. Can I add to that? Yeah, go for it. 
So I would say, so figure out, yeah, I agree. Figure out your hourly rate. That's tip number one. And then associate that Mm -hmm. to your actual bills. So for example, let's say your hourly rate is $20 an hour. Okay. And your rent is, or mortgage is $1,000. Okay. So how many hours do you have to work to pay that? Right. I thought you were going to oh, do it right now. Oh, you're asking me. Oh, 50. 50 hours. Yeah. Okay, so 50 hours. So typical work week is, let's say it's eight hours a day. Yeah, so let's say 40 hours a week. Right. So that's one whole week that Just you have to go to work to pay for that one week mortgage day, or rent. Actually. Right? So six days, six business days. Okay, so now so, we have another. Okay. So cell phone. Let's okay. say your cell phone is $100 a month. Okay. Again, it's just this is just an example, okay? So if you're out there going, my cell phone's not hundred dollars, just work with us. Okay. Hundred dollars. You earn the same twenty dollars. How many hours do you have to work? Well that's another that's another five hours. And we've overlapped, we've taken ten hours from the last week, so ten hours from the last week and five hours. We now just took eight up two more days in the second week. So we're down to three days in the second week, assuming we've got four week work weeks. So we've got three days and two weeks left to pay for everything else. So food Okay, so let's say food. Yeah. It uh, for a single person, what do you think? Three hundred dollars, three fifty? No, four hundred. It's funny. I, I was telling the girls this morning that I've seen anywhere between five hundred for a family with children and a mm-hmm. husband and wife when they've planned out their meals, etc., to five hundred a week for a single person. Yeah. Um, when they don't, you know, a lot of people they both right away were like. Foods. Yeah, and it's not even just Whole Foods. It's just a lack of planning. It's mm-hmm. a lack of planning for it, a lack of, uh, it's eating out a lot. And it was funny, both of them right away, like, no, 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 I need to spend my money on my food. Like, food is not something I'll sacrifice. And I get it. I totally get it. You don't have to sacrifice. You know, the individuals that were able to maintain the budget on the food with the family, they weren't sacrificing by any means. Mm-hmm. If anything, they were probably eating healthier than the people who were eating out and impulsive buying. Impulsive purchases on food. But uh, I think a lot of us think that if we have to make a budget with our food, then we're, we're going to be eating, you know, crappy no name or whatever it might be. But it's not the case at all. So let's say, let's go on average. Let's say $600. Right. Okay. So $600. So okay. again, $20 an hour. Right. So it's another 30 hours. So 30 hours and we just overlapped eight hours a day. So we're into week three, day two. So I think you can <laughs> you can continue to work this out. We could easily so just eat point, up the entire month, essentially. Is that where Point number yeah. one yeah. is figure out your hourly rate yeah. and then match it up with your expenses. Yeah. And you could do this by getting a piece of paper and then just crossing, going across and just going, this is how many days I have to work or how many hours I have to work mm-hmm. to pay this. Mm-hmm. And then... Maybe that will help you determine, do you want to continue to spend money on this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, or it'll show you right there on a piece of paper why you have no money at the end of the month. And especially if you color code it, let's just say, like you color out all the days that are going towards food, you color the ones that are going towards your mortgage, and you color the ones that are going towards your car, and you see that one expense is greater than, you know, I'd say 20%, 10% or 20% of your overall income. That's, in my opinion, that should be the red one because that's like right. a red flag. Right. Right? So. All right. Let's do this right now. No, I'm kidding. No, I'm not doing it. Okay. So <laughs> tip number two. Tip number two is figuring out every paycheck that you have or whatever amount of money that you earn. It could be uh, reimbursement for something. Commit to a percentage of that money and set it aside. Mm-hmm. 
So a part of what you earn is yours to keep. Yeah. Um, just committing to a percentage. What does that mean, committing to a percentage, though? A lot of people might be thinking, okay, what does that okay, mean? Okay, so let's say, let's say you earn in one month $1,000. $100. You mean $1,000 before expenses? That's right. Okay. Well, it's interesting how you went straight to that. See, well, that's how, what most people would. When you said a thousand, I got scared. I was like, "How do I make? If I make a thousand dollars, where? How do I pay for things?" A hundred dollars doesn't matter. Set aside. You know the crazy thing is, is people do not crazy, but people do. Like I said, I remember a mountain guide in Argentina. I told you about. He made ten thousand a year, and he was living life like that. One of the happiest people I ever met. So, you know, my mentality right away when you said you made $1,000 a month and I got freaked out, like, how do you pay for things? People do manage. And a lot of those people are the people who calculate and who have these numbers dialed down. So Yeah, because okay. it doesn't matter. It could be $10,000 in the month or it could be $100,000 mm-hmm. a month or it could be a million dollars in the month. I want to make a million dollars in a month. It doesn't matter. It's what you can do. Yeah. It's we, what you can do. One of the most, our most successful clients. Yeah. Uh, started with $50 a month. Yeah. And was in debt, got out of debt, and then increased it and continued to increase it, and now has almost $400,000 set aside. And do you know where he works? I do because I know who we're talking about. <laughs> Home Depot. Right, right. And it's nothing wrong with working at Home Depot, and that's what I want people to think. It's just, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be matter. the fancy-schmancy CEO role that he gets you to the top financially. Absolutely, because we know CEOs that actually have a lot of debt and no yeah. assets at all. Yeah. So number one is, tip number one is figure out your hourly rate and match it up to the expenses and how many hours it takes to actually pay for that expense or that bill. Tip number two, a part of what you earn is yours to keep. So you pay yourself a percentage. Even if it's 1%, we don't care. It's just starting. It's the habit that you're building. Okay, tip number three. What's tip number three? Hmm. We're only giving three. So what do we want to be the, the tip number three? The real? I know. We got, we got hundreds of them. <laughs> so it's really narrowing it down. Well, what's related to this conversation here, paying yourself first? So what can people do to actually pay themselves first? And it, that's a budget. Yeah. So actually committing to a budget. And if you actually need an example of a budget, email us. Info at capitalcorefinancial.com. <laughs> and we will send it to you free of yeah. charge. Yeah. Free of charge. That's how committed we are in helping the world to actually take control of their finances and your money as a tool. Yeah. And the budgeting, this tip number three, I want to make sure is clear. It's not budgeting to get you on a budget and to stop spending money at the expense of food or the t- out or the, if it is bottle service for you, whatever it might be. It's so that you know. If it is ball service, just invite us. (laughs) It's so that you know the numbers, and that's something that we come down to probably every presentation, every episode. It's really know your numbers, and it's understanding where you're at. So, and the only way you can really do number one and two, the only way you can really connect with your value, you know your numbers in terms of, you know, how much should be going towards each expense is if you do number three. They're actually reversed. Number three should be number one, really. Like, get your numbers. Know your numbers inside out. You, We've seen it time and time again. People not spending any differently, but all of a sudden with the information in front of them feel like they've taken control of their finances. It's just a mentality shift. It's an understanding. It's having the information in front of you. So I think first things first, we get, you know, we do that. 
And then once we're clear on that, then we can move forward with a plan. <coughs> and whatever that plan might look like, the 10%, you know, the the pay yourself, whether it's 10% or 20% or in your situation where you did 40, whatever that number is for you, I think it's important that people just know, you know, and that doesn't mean making things crazy complicated and setting up five accounts. It could be, I've talked to people that have actually put money in under their mattress or in a shoebox. Like that actually does still exist. But just making sure that it's set aside and it might be just a, you know, a checking and savings account, having a separate account and they move it over that it's one step removed. But I think it's an important removal that needs to happen. Or working with a financial advisor to set up automatic withdrawals. And you just say, you know, we've had clients send us pay statements once a month. And then we say, perfect, 10% coming out. So connecting with your value, paying yourself first, and budgeting, knowing your numbers. I like this. This is workable. And hopefully you're realizing that there is no secret. We have a lot of people that do ask, even people writing into the show. There's no secret. There is no secret. (laughs) Secret is what you control and what you do and what actions that you put forward. Yeah. We're always looking for the secret. And that's why there are a lot of these books that uh, claim that that, uh, they've figured out the secret or that they have the solution and the answer uh, of building wealth and making you super wealthy and rich uh, just don't work because the the principles are very simple. Mm-hmm. The hard part is actually doing them. Mm-hmm. And that's the secret in itself. Well, and that's why I said, and I really wanted to hit on, take responsibility for where you're at and take responsibility for the plan. No one's going to do it for you. You know, we are not living, we don't have our mom and dad anymore at a certain age. They stop managing your finances for you. Right. And so taking responsibility and taking ownership for not just the future, but where you're at and really owning it and moving forward and taking action. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, re- and really looking at your habits, mm-hmm. your habits in relation to how you spend money, mm-hmm. the patterns that we do, because in those habits, that's where you can also see where where your vices are. Right. And where you spend money unnecessarily. Right. Just to make yourself feel better or, or to get into a certain mood. Uh, and that in itself, I think, also would help with the budgeting too, which really looking at what your cash flow is and, and studying ourselves. I think it's, it, and it goes back to the critical thinking, really understanding who we really have a minute left. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Speaking of critical I'm ready thinking, to keep going. I know. We just got started, we just got warmed up. Voice America, no, we're getting on the, <laughs> Whoever the next guests are or hosts are for the next hour, boot them out. We should talk about critical thinking and money in, an, in another episode, actually, because I, I, right. I like that. I think we've got a lot of things we could dive into on that. Well, let's let's wrap it up here or else they're going to cut All us right, off well, without wrapping us even up, saying bye. But if you'd like to join in on the conversation, you can send us an email with any questions or concerns or any thoughts or, even the or budget. suggestions or a request for the budget at info at capitalcorefinancial.com. Yeah, and also we'll get the, the correct link for that uh, free book. Um, and we will post it as well. Which is The Richest Man in Babylon. Yeah, I encourage everyone to read it. Some people have said, oh, it's so simple, but it's funny. The most simplest things, as we just talked about, is where yeah. the truth is. And remember, pay yourself first. And, and so, we uh, well, well, thank you for everyone for joining <laughs> us and listening in. Hopefully you were able to um, hopefully you got something out of today's show that you can implement and we encourage everybody over the next week to take one of them and try it. We'd yeah, think, lo- and think, we would love to really get 
people's feedback. I think all of the tips are implementable right away without having to make any drastic changes. Absolutely. That's why I like them. Absolutely. All right. And we'll have a wealthy have, week. Oh, oh so, come on. Together. Have a have wealthy, wealthy week. week. Thank you for tuning in this week. Please join Franco Calajuri and Marissa Sipolinski again for another edition of Conversations with Money next Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a wealthy week. We'll be right back.